welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise this moment for your precious word. For Lord, you give us good counsel you give us wise instruction in your word, and we thank you. We pray that you would help us to grasp, to lay hold on the truth of your word, and to apply to our hearts, to apply to our lives. We might please you in all our ways. Bless your word to our hearts today. Open our understanding. May your Holy Spirit minister to us through your word. And Father, even now again, I pray for Joanne, Lord, who is always with us via Zoom on Sunday mornings for worship. But this morning, Lord, she's not able to be with us. She is in the hospital. But Father, you are the omnipresent God. You are everywhere present at the same time. And so we lift her up to you right now. Even, Father, she's not able to join us. That you will visit with her and you will minister to her, bring about healing in her body. Touch her life, O oh God. 
Grant her your peace. Grant her joy this morning. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We know you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or think. We give you thanks, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Bless the name of the Lord. So we, for the past... Uh, month we have been looking at the Christian soldier and we have been looking at the attire how we are to dress ourselves in order for us to be able to fight this good fight of faith we established first of all that we are to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power we are going to stand we have to be strong not in ourselves but in the Lord we establish that by ourselves we are no match for the devil for we are only human and he's a spiritual being Bible tells us that Jesus was made a little lower than the angel. So angels are above humans when it comes to power. Yes, so we are no match. But the Bible tells us that we must be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and that we are to clothe ourselves in the complete armor of God in order for us to be able to stand. And we want to stand. Can somebody say amen? amen. Can, can we say, I want to stand? I want to stand. Amen. We want to stand. The word of God tells us that in order for us to stand in these evil days, we must done all that we need to do to stand. First, we look at the garment and we understand that we are living in this day of uh, relativity where everything, everything goes. There is no such thing as absolute truth for many a people. It's you speak your truth and the other person speak their truth. And so everything is relative. But as far as we are told in scripture, there is absolute truth. Amen. We hear people talk about alternative facts and alternative truth. No, no. We believe in absolute truth. That the truth is indeed the truth. So last week we looked at this first piece of the garment that we are to have our loins girded about with truth. And we said that that was the belt of truth. And the belt keeps the garment together and uh, give way to freedom of movement. Amen. So we are to have our loins gird about with truth. The second that is mentioned in that verse is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate 
of righteousness. Now, the, the apostle, as we established, that he was in prison when he was writing. He wasn't in prison because he committed some crime, but he was in prison because he preached the word of God. The authorities put him in prison for the preaching of the gospel. So Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. He was being guarded by Roman soldiers 24-7. And so Paul had time to observe the attire of the soldier. Am I talking to us? Because day in and day out, he was staring at them. Right. So he had time to see their dress code and the different piece of armament, what it protects and how it works. And the apostle just transferred that from the physical to the spiritual. To say to us believers that we have to clothe ourselves in the complete armor of God in order for us to be able to stand. So he mentioned here the breastplate of righteousness. And this was something that was worn by the Christian or the Roman soldier to protect his heart. It was something that extended all the way down to his thigh. Protects the breastplate of righteousness. So the Roman soldier wore a physical breastplate to protect himself. Now we are to wear that spiritual breastplate. My darky do us. We have been given the spiritual breastplate. For we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. See when we put our faith in God. When we surrender our lives to God. God takes our sinfulness. And he placed it on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he takes the righteousness of Christ and he places it on us. I think somebody would say hallelujah. So our righteousness is not in ourselves. But our righteousness is in Christ. Because we are clothed in the righteousness of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So it is therefore our duty as we live from day to day to walk right, to talk right, follow me here somebody, to live right, amen. Why? For we are clothed with that breastplate of righteousness and we need to maintain that righteousness in our daily lives as Christians. Oh Lord. We are to strive to be righteous. We are to desire to be righteous. And, and the Bible makes it clear that this righteousness is to be in this present world. Where others will see our living. See our lives that we are living righteously for the glory of God. And our righteousness is not in the physical clothes that we wear. You know, a lot of people think and, and we all have our likes and our dislikes about how we really dress ourselves. 
but there is no such thing physically as the Christian dress code or the Christian attire. What am I saying? There is nothing in scripture that says the Christian garment is to be made of this and made of that or anything of that sort. What the Bible teaches about our physical attire is that it is modest. Am I talking to somebody? That when we dress as Christians, we dress modestly. And modesty means that what is to be covered is covered. And covered appropriately. That's modesty. That is not revealing. Oh Lord. That it is covered properly. That is the Christian dress code. So whatever it is that we wear. Ah, let's get away this notion where some people say, well, women mustn't wear pants. And that's not according to scripture. May I say something personally? When a lady come in in my pulpit, I like to see her in her dress. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying no, okay? I'm just, that's a matter of personal preference. Yes, personal preference. But when it comes to what the scripture says, and most of our preferences come from tradition, am I talking to us? What we are used to, what we grow up with. Oh, Lord. So it's not saying that because a lady wears a pants, she's not a Christian. That's absolute nonsense. And so because one wears this dress lying down to the ground, and oh, she's a believer. That's the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked. Because they wore a long robe. Everybody see them all. Here is the rabbi coming. He said, that's hypocrisy. Oh, no. That's not the subject I'm preaching on. How did I get there? We're talking about the Christian attire. That we are to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The breastplate of righteousness. And we established that this was already imputed to us. Given to us. Credited to our account. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And so we have to, as believers, then walk in that righteousness or live in that righteousness. Are you still there with me? Amen. Remember Jesus said to us that except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they were righteous. They were self-righteous. Oh, Lord. But Jesus said, our righteousness must exceed theirs. How, do, how does our righteousness exceed theirs? We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And that righteousness is sufficient. Am I talking to us? Amen. Amen. Then we are to put on the sandal of the gospel. Say, have your feet shared with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this speaks of our readiness to share the gospel, to 
tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, as he talked about the sandals, the Roman sandals that they wore, the Roman soldier, they had spikes in their sandals. They had spikes just like a soccer player. You would see those shoes with the spikes, but for the Roman soldier, they were made of nails, nail spikes. So there was that grip when they walked. There was that grip as they go about their affair. Jesus but the Bible says to us that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, I read a quote, one man said, the, 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 uh, the, the shoes of the Christian soldier is not the dancing slippers of the world. It is not. But it is that armor, that is that willingness to go, as Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. As we go and as we travel various places, we share our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We spread the gospel. Oh, Lord. And we are to spread the gospel. The third piece of this armor that I would like us to consider today is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. This shield that the writer talks about here was a huge shield, not just a little, the wrong ones that they would use with the spear. This was the long, long ones. From all the way up to all the way down, the shield of faith. We, we got a glimpse of what that was like when our former president called out the military and those protesters there in the States. And we see the active military in uh, action. You see those shields that they, that they had. Oh, you didn't see. Very frightening. Because th those shields... When, when they went out in the crowd with those shields, the protesters only saw themselves. They had a glass that is like a mirror. And, it, and they were able to rough up the ordinary citizen, which is unheard of in America's history, really, where you have the active military going out dealing with peaceful protesters. But our president felt he had the, the right to do that. And then he went to the church and he said, oh, hell of the Bible. <laughs> the shield. The shield of faith. It covers. And so with the shield of faith, what the Bible says it does? The shield of faith quenched the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh no. The fiery darts that he is talking about is what we today would call incendiary bombs, where they would dip that arrow, that dart, into some flammable liquid. Follow me, somebody and set it on fire 
So when they shoot it, there is fire on the other end. Wherever it makes contact, there is fire. Paul used that example to bring home the reality to us that the darts of the enemy, they are fiery darts. Oh, Lord. Listen carefully. Don't miss it. Don't miss it because right now many of you, many of you are dealing with those fiery darts of the wicked. Don't miss it. The Bible says it is the shield of faith that is going to quench those fiery darts. So we must have that shield of faith. Now let's talk a little. How, how do these fiery darts come to us? And what are they? These fiery darts come to us in the form of questions. Uh, the fiery darts of the wicked comes to us in the form of questions. They attack our minds. They, they cause believers to question, first of all, their salvation. That's the fiery dart of the wicked. That will cause you as a believer to question your salvation. Fiery darts. Question whether or not you are really saved. And sometimes it's so overwhelming. The thought keeps coming and coming and coming. Whether or not you are truly saved. And by the way. I'm not talking about persons who have just entered the Christian arena. Talking even to people who have been saved a long time ago. The fiery darts of the wicked. But notice what the Bible says. Well, let's, 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 let's move a little further. These darts come to us in the form of question as it relates to our call. And I submit to us that there are many people who are in ministry, different level of ministry. And there are many people to whom God has spoken and to whom God is speaking about ministry. And they are questioning. They are questioning their call. What I'm saying here is not what the devil wants you to hear. So the devil will even distract you so you don't hear this. That's how important it is. The fiery darts of the wicked cause you to question your call. Whether or not God really calls you. The Bible says it is the shield of faith. I hope you're praying for me. 
the fiery darts of the wicked. All of a sudden you begin to find yourself questioning whether or not you are worthy. Whether or not you are worthy and this, this, this always comes about when you fall short in some area where you come up short. Am I talking to us? You can bow your head. I'm seeing you. It means yes. Whenever we fail to fulfill certain requirements, the enemy would use that fiery dart to cause us to question our worthiness. And many of us are deceived in believing that our worthiness is dependent on us. Absolutely not. We are worthy because Jesus is worthy. Oh, you didn't hear me. We are worthy because Jesus is worthy. And we are in him. Yes, we are in him who is worthy. So as a result, we are worthy. Don't, don't think of it on your own merits. You can never meet, meet God's requirement on your own merits. No matter how good you are. It has to be on the merit of our Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen. The fiery darts of the wicked. Sometimes the darts come in the form of questions whether or not we can really serve. Sometimes the things that we are questioning whether or not we are able to do for the Lord, we are doing even more than that out there in the world. More than that. So it's a simple thing. But then when the fiery darts come, oh Lord, all of these questions, question as to whether or not we can really fulfill this requirement, question as to whether or not this can really be done. And sometimes you will, might share even your vision with somebody else and all of a sudden the darts start coming in that person's direction and they start questioning, questioning whether or not this is true, whether or not this is real, whether or not this can become a reality. The Bible says to us that it is the shield of faith that quenches the fiery dart of the wicked. I want to talk a little about the dart of discouragement. And sometimes when that dart comes, people just feel as if, well, it makes no sense to go on. We, we find ourselves in that level of discouragement because things are not the way we planned them to be. Things are not working out the way we wanted them to. And as a result, we become discouraged. We become discouraged. And sometimes, for many of us, it takes a whole lot of effort to get just about anything done. Are you, talking, are you with me, somebody? When the dart comes, sometimes it causes depression, 
cause us to be depressed. Yes, the fiery darts of the wicked brings about depression in the lives of believers. Stay with me, stay with me. And sometimes many are even defeated in their pursuit because of this, this fiery dark. But what, what is the remedy? What is the remedy? The Bible says the shield of faith is going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Now notice the terminology that the scripture used. Say it's going to quench it. Ah. Possibly not put it out completely. You know when you quench a fire, what you do, you lessen the intensity of the heat. Uh, am I talking to somebody today? So the shield of faith is going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. When, when he shoots them at us and we raise that shield of faith, the Bible says the darts are going to be quenched. My sister, a little bird. Oh, Lord. It quenches. But how do we apply the shield of faith now? That's the question. Because sometimes these darts can be so overwhelming that even though we are there and we know that our faith, our confidence is in God and everything, sometimes they come one after another after another. Am I talking to somebody? Have you ever been there? Yeah. Where they just keep coming, one after the other, after the other. And you try to get out of this one, and there's another coming. And it can shoot it from coming at you over and over and over again. May I say to us that at times we just cannot escape them. We have to deal with them. Sometimes when they come, hallelujah. And we apply that shield of faith, our faith in God. That we believe in God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Amen. We trust in God. And that no matter what it is, God is going to see us through. I'm talking to somebody. Amen. That no matter how intense it is, God is going to see us through. And so we raise the shield of faith. Hallelujah! That amid our struggles, amid our setbacks, amid all that we encounter, we raise that shield of faith that I believe in God. I trust in God. No matter what, no matter what, I trust in God. And God is going to see me through. God is going to see me through. I trust in God. You raise that shield of faith. And the Bible says when we raise the shield of faith, we quench the fiery darts. Sometimes they're just quenched. Not always put out. 
means that sometimes we go through a little depression. Am I talking to somebody? We go through a little setback. But understand this. They are not as intense as how the enemy intended them to be. Your shield of faith has quenched them. Amen. And because your shield of faith, hallelujah, has quenched those fiery darts, you are able to bear them. Can somebody say glory? You are able to go through them. And when it's all over, you still believe in God. Can somebody say hallelujah? When it is all over, you still believe in God. You still trust in God. Has not shaped me your faith in God. The Bible says that it is the shield of faith that is going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Understand, friends, quench. The specific word that is used there, quench, meaning that they will not be as powerful as the enemy intended them to be. They will hurt. Oh, yes, they will hurt. Sometimes you will have some nights when you cry. Oh, yes. Sometimes you will have some difficult times. Yes, because the darts are coming. And the darts keep coming. But through your faith in God, hallelujah, you're able to quench all of those fiery darts that they're not as powerful as they intend because the devil wanted to knock you out completely. It's a knockout he goes for all the time. It's a knockout. This is to say, demons tell her that they don't love her. Demons don't love anybody. They don't have love. They're void of it. And so when they come, they want to take you out. Oh, Lord. Knock you off your feet. Take you out completely. But the shield of faith is going to quench all of those fiery darts. So you believe in God. Don't let anybody come with any unusual and uh, made-up story to divert you from your belief in God. You know who it is that saved you. Like talking to somebody. Yes. You, you know where you were mm -hmm. when you trusted God yes. and God saved you. You know. And that's all that really matters. You know because you have a personal relationship with him. And all those things get wrong because they do from time to time. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, they get, although things get tough because they do from time to time. But our faith in God, as we, as we raise that shield of faith, hallelujah, we are going to be able to stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand. Yes. Yes, so we can say, like the songwriter, I'm still here. I'm still here. 
after all that I've been through, I'm still here. After all of my struggles and all of my setbacks and all of my difficulties, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm here by the grace of God. Not by myself. Not anything good that I have done. But it's because of his mercy. The mercy that he has extended to me. The mercy that keeps me alive. But the word says, if it were not for his mercy, we would have all been consumed. But his mercy keeps us. Hallelujah. It keeps us going. So we can say, after all that I've been through, I'm still here. I'm still here. And I'm going to be here by the grace of God. I'm still here. Amen. Because I'm not depending on my own strength. But my strength is in the Lord. Hallelujah. And that shield of faith, my belief, my confidence, my trust that I have in God is going to see me through. Oh, hallelujah. The shield of faith. Take unto you the shield of faith. This is a sign of the Christian soldier. Faith in God. Take that shield of faith. So you're going to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But the devil doesn't love anybody. Some people, the devil doesn't love you. Want to destroy you. He loves nobody. But if you put your faith in God, God is going to deliver. God is going to see you through. God is going to take you through to the end. Once your confidence is in him. They say, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I'm still here. I'm still here. By the grace of God, I'm still here. There's somebody in the house who have not yet started this journey. You have not started walking with the Lord. God has spoken to your heart. And you want to start today. You want today to be your day. You want today to be your day when you say yes to Jesus. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to be saved today, you can be saved. You can become a child of God. And have the peace and the joy of God in your heart. Yes, you can. You can. If you would only give him a chance in your life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And being saved means that you now become a child of God and you're on your way to heaven. That's what being saved means. Amen. That you will never go to hell once you are saved. You will go on to be with the Lord in glory. Amen. Let him have his way with you. Let him have his way as we pray this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for you are a wonderful Father to us. You are indeed a good God. We pray even now that your word would sink deep down in our hearts, deep down in our hearts, Lord, 
that we would be strong in you and in your mighty power. Bless us, your children. Strengthen us, we pray. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Use your word to speak to somebody's heart, especially this one who have not yet trusted you, that, oh God, they would realize that they have a soul that is precious and that it is only Jesus who can save that soul from hell. How we pray, Father, how we pray that you would move by your spirit in this service today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody in the house, God has spoken to and you want to make your calling and your election sure. You want to become a child of God. Anybody? Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.